Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, what's going on? It's Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the very merry month of May. Which means that it is time for Vincent and I to turn and shout downstairs. Mother, may I have another one of those bad black movies? Mother, may I. Boy, do we have a good one for you this evening as Vincent kicks things off with 2002's Joanna Man, starring Miguel yeah, Nunez yeah, Jr., yeah. Vivica A. Fox, and Kevin Pollack in a feature film directed by Jesse Vaughn and featuring a cameo by a Michaud Mission favorite. Yes, it does. I, is it a cameo? Well, that might be stretching it a bit. <laughs> but yes, but yes, he does. He's right there at the opening, ready for his close-up. Yeah, oh yeah. And we can't wait to talk about it. But before we do, we want to welcome each and every one of you out there who are watching us as we stream live via YouTube and Facebook on our Michelle Mission YouTube channel, in our Michelle Mission Facebook group. And shout out and, to each... Go ahead, Vince. Oh, no, I was going to do what you're going to do. So you do it, and then I'll do it after you. Okay, I was going to give a shout out to each and every one of the people that are out there watching us and saying hello, sharing salutations with one another in the chat. I see action figure expert Deborah Battle, Aaron Fry, Christopher Goodnight. Hey, I haven't seen, we haven't talked to St. Saucy in a long time. And a new missionary down to Mars girl. How you doing? All Uh right. Good evening. Good evening, folks. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. So, Vincenzo. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How would you like to start our pre-film discussion as we enter into the month of May? (laughs) Secretly, Vince, this is your favorite time of the year here on the mission, is it not? It, 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 I, I, I enjoy the fact (laughs) that the mission... (laughs) You can't even... Uh... I gotta do the man. I gotta do the man time saver thing, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the missionaries enjoy it. I'm happy that the missionaries enjoy it, and and it's, it's, it's fun. It is fun. It's interesting that we are actually kicking off um, Mother May I today on May the fourth. Which yes. in geek culture is a very popular date, as George Kimona remind us the second he came into the chat, um, reminding us that it is May the Fourth be with you. Day yes, here all over geek culture, um, that is May the Fourth be with you uh, for Star Wars. Yes, uh, Vince, it got me to wondering. Do you know? 
what the Star Trek equivalent to May the 4th be with you be with you is. I don't know the actual date, but if mm-hmm. I were a betting man, I would say it was first contact. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's not a bad guess. That's not a bad guess at all. Um, Which for people who aren't Star Trek people, that is the date when the Vulcans came to Earth and made first contact with humans, which then opened us up to the rest of the universe. Okay, now me and you, Vince, we are far more Trekkers than Star Wars fans, Um, but for uh, 200 points, Vince, can you name the first human that the Vulcans came in contact with? Oh! It's, I've got like Zebediah in my my head. It's something, it's (laughs) It's something like that, though. If you if you even get like his last name, I'll give it's it like to you. Like Co- Zebediah Coltrane or <laughs> oh Cockrum. First contact day pays tribute to the flight of the Phoenix and the pivotal first interaction between humans and Vulcans. It occurred on April fifth, twenty sixty three. Okay, so April fifth. Wow, I see now. I wouldn't have thought that, that I did. I did not know that that was well. That's considered first contact day. So I don't know if they necessarily consider that uh, a Star Trek day, but it definitely is considered first contact day. I'm sure. I was about to say you got to give me the name of the dude, Doctor Zephram Cockrum, the pilot of the Phoenix and inventor of the warp drive. There you go. So first contact. So that means first contact day would be tomorrow. That's interesting. I thought you said April. I thought you said April 5th. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I've been calling it <laughs> April all day long. I don't know why. I have no idea. Do I need um, to send somebody to go check on you? No. No, I'm fine. But the date that I actually thought was going to be, well, I my research showed is also considered Star Trek Day, is September 8th of 2021. Okay. And that's considered Star Trek Day, at least someplace because September 8th of 1966 was the premiere mm. of the original series. Okay. Track. All right. So I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'll take them both. I mean, you know, yeah, I was about to say any day is, is a good, is a good day to watch some star Trek. So very true. Very true. Um, but happy May the fourth to everyone who is celebrating and acknowledging the role of star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Happy May the 4th. No, ain't, ain't no shame on that. Star Wars is pretty cool. It's pretty dope. I actually was just listening to a uh, podcast called You Got This, where they kind of like debate different crazy things every every week. And they, mm-hmm. in celebration of May the 4th, they were debating the uh, best Star Wars prequel. Mm. Which I think they they landed on... What's uh, episode three? Um, oh, I I don't know. <laughs> we I do don't, not know I, our Star Wars. I don't. Yeah, I know. I the, don't know. <laughs> the first one is the Phantom Menace. Then it's Attack of the Clones. And then Re- Revenge of the Sith. I think it's a is the uh, sure. No George Cremona. It's not Rogue One. Well, I guess that does. <laughs> even though Rogue One, you know, actually. I think they were they were talking about primarily the Star Wars prequels. They weren't thinking right, about right. like the ancillary films like Rogue One. But Rogue One is a prequel. 
and is a better film than all three of those. So I guess he actually makes a point. Rogue One might maybe be the best. right answer is Rogue One. There you go. All right, let's get off of Star Wars. Hey Vince, I don't know if you are aware, but there has been a shift in the Matrix that is the Michelle Mission universe. Oh, has there now? Yes, there is. Um, because in the Sh- Michelle Mission universe, ladies and gentlemen, if you were not aware, if you're not paying attention to your social media, we recently debuted new podcast art for our Ooh. show. Um, and that is showing up on all the social medias, wherever you find podcasts. And there is the new podcast art for the Michelle mission right there, Vince. You see it? I do see it. Look at those gentlemen enjoying a film. And hey, what's that you're eating, Lynn? I'm eating delicious pretzel bites <laughs> right there with cheese yes, for the as, dipping. Yes, yes, which apparently is how you eat them. <laughs> have you have you like never had pretzel bites? No. I've never been on a desert island. Anyway. <laughs> you know why? You know, it just dawned on me. The times that we've gone to the movies together, we've gone to a very suspicious theater that does not show, that does not sell pretzel bites. They only sell popcorn. And and soda and candy. Yeah. Very well, suspicious. Well, they don't sell pretzel bites. That's why I, I just sit there and drink water. Um, right, right. So this is our podcast art, ladies and gentlemen, and our social media director, Toya, put it out there on uh, out there for people, letting them know about what was happening. We got a lot of congratulations. Alexa Gold said this is this is awesome. A lot of people said this is so dope. So a lot of people were very appreciative of the thank you, thank you, thank you. And (laughs) we also heard from Mo Poplar. Hey, what's up, Maurice? Who said, hey, do you feel as old as that new Michelle Mission banner makes you and Vince look? I love the concept, but. And then he continues. uh, Wait, there's more. I'm just looking out. Don't want people to think that the pod is old N words with high collar sweaters talking about cinema. Y'all more than that. (laughs) Although I have to say, I would be interested in that podcast. (laughs) That's uh, Maurice Maurice Poplar sharing his point of view. (laughs) Thank you, Maurice. Yes, absolutely. Hey, Vince. Yes, Lynn. I have been on a Gladys Knight jag for a little bit i've just been like okay streaming gladys knight left and right right very nice so um deborah battle said someone beat me to it i was going to say you look older than you are in real life well thank you well yes yes we'll 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 take it back to the shop (laughs) yes yes um oh and fatima says that your avatars are fit. Len looks like he lifts weights. I don't lift weights, actually. Uh, uh, I'm allergic to weights. Um, but 
Except if you mean the weight of a of a pretzel bite. But or, what and, and I calisthenics. You do calisthenics. It's like remember the, the, the first appearance of Batman and they showed him training. Yes. And he had on like the little itty bitty black shorts <laughs> and he was doing calisthenics. Yes. And then he was in the lab and he had the white shirt with the button all the way up to the top. Yes. yes. And then he was looking through a microscope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do every day, I think. Take them all the way back to 1939. Why don't you? Vince? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, no, that's not what I do every day. What I do do every day, though, is I do um, 100 push-ups and 100 crunches. That's what I do. See? And then, and then I watch what I eat. Calisthenics. Okay. There you go. Um, so what I was saying. Oh, so I've been on a, a Gladys Knight kick lately, right? Yes. And I realized that, you know, I have you know, Amazon Prime, which is like one of those, Amazon Prime is almost like a utility. Like you gotta have an Amazon Prime almost, Okay. Right? And with Amazon Prime, I realized, hey, I get access to Amazon Music. So why don't I start streaming the Amazon Music and listen to Gladys Knight that way, right? There you go. Amazon Music, they maybe have 20 Gladys Knight songs total. And I mean, between Gladys Knight and Gladys Knight and the Pips, that's it. And they've okay. got like the third least popular Gladys Knight and the Pips album in its entirety. And then a best of Gladys Knight, but they only have access to like every fifth song. Which means that I have to then go to Spotify, which has mm-hmm. pretty much the bulk of her music right there. For me to listen to. Mm-hmm. Gladys Knight infamously bounced around from company to company. Gladys Knight, after she left Motown, Gladys Knight bounced from record label to record label. That's why it it, it, it used to be, it, another record, record store story, it used to be a complete pain in the ass trying to find collections of Gladys Knight music Mm -hmm. with all of the hits. Right, all the ones you want to hear. Right. Because she had bounced around so much, it was difficult for one collection to have the rights to Mm -hmm. everything. Interesting. Okay. So that's part of the reason. Arguably, and I actually make this argument, I think that's part of the reason Gladys Knight was never as um big as big mm-hmm. as some of her legendary peers. Mm-hmm. Like I think even now people don't talk about Gladys Knight in the same breath as uh, an Aretha Franklin or or Diana Ross or or even Patti LaBelle. And I think part of it is as we as people come to it after after the fact it's just more difficult to get to her music. I actually didn't know that that I didn't know that that was still true. Cause you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm aggressively anti streaming, so I don't really know all the streaming ins and outs, but that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's interesting because I agree that Gladys Knight doesn't have the fame and popularity um, or the, doesn't seem to share the same legendary status as some of her contemporaries who 
I mean, you can argue. Th- there's an argument to be made that, you know, someone like Aretha Franklin and even Diana Ross for their place in the culture are on a whole nother tier, right? Right. Then than someone like Gladys Knight and maybe even to a to a degree Patty LaBelle as well. But I would certainly see in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's mind or contemporaries who grew up on Gladys Knight music, will see Gladys Knight, you know, as a contemporary of Patty LaBelle. But I would always think that the issue is because, one, when she was with the Pips, while she was the main voice of the Pips, they were still a group, and they kind of got lost in the in the shuffle of, of Motown a little bit. Um, and then when they did leave, I think that Gladys Knight in the Pips, and to a degree Gladys Knight when she went solo, fell victim to trying to find a producer who could give them the best work mm-hmm. to showcase their talent. Mm-hmm. But even that, even that is a byproduct of she basically didn't stay in one place long enough. Right, right. Y- right. You know, like like l- let's be clear, we're talking of, about the best of the best. True. And I would argue Aretha Franklin is the best of the best. Mm-hmm. But but I also think that the fact that Aretha was on Atlantic for like decades and, and yeah. you know Jerry Wexler produced all those albums and mm-hmm. and you, you know she had muscle shows like she had a unit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that stayed with her from album to album that you can say about like like you know you look at Patti LaBelle from the Bluebells to LaBelle to you know she was on Philly International and then when she left even her pop work she had teams mm-hmm. in all of those those moments and Gladys never really had that consistently yeah so yeah. it it really and, and again if we're talking about the best of the best one one slip jams you up especially you know in, in that crowded field at that right. time i mean even dion warwick like you talk about dion Warwick, you get that that whole body of work with burt Bacharach. Mm. and it's like like but in it but it's a body of work Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can say this is it, whereas Gladys, you really do almost have to do a piecemeal. Yeah, yeah. I feel and it's, 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 you know, like I said, this is, this is one of those things where someone will come in asking about Gladys Knight, and it was like, okay, this is about to be a rocky conversation, because you're going to have to give somebody, you know, because she was like on Buddha, or like she was on a late, one of them labels that went out of business, and then people bought it, and, and you know, so you got this, and but oh, doesn't have Midnight Train to Georgia, okay, well this, oh, well this one doesn't have, neither one of us wants to be the first to say goodbye, okay, well this, you know, and it really was, you would end up almost having trying to give somebody three different greatest hits albums yeah so yeah yeah so now you can't find it on um i found it on spotify she's on spotify Spotify. all right well good fatima says that gladys versus patty labelle's versus was one of the better ones i've heard a a lot of good things about that one um yeah even though it took gladys a little bit to catch up to what a versus was supposed to be. I heard ultimately that <laughs> turns out to be to be a Gladys don't have time for that nonsense. I ain't gonna knock Gladys to do whatever she wants. Look, uh, man. Fine, fine lady. Love me some Gladys Knight. Oh. <laughs> Love me some Gladys Knight. So I've been enjoying myself, brother. Let me tell you. 
<laughs> Vince, as the missionaries know, this is the very merry month of Mother May I. And yes, it is. For the first time ever here on the mission, the Michaud mission will be having a watch party at the end yes. of this month. Yes, we will. As you, the missionaries, were given the task of choosing, selecting what would be the final film to be reviewed here in Mother May I. You had to choose between Norbit, White Chicks, and the eventual winner, Medea Goes to Jail, which will be our very special selection for a watch party with Vince and I on Friday, May 21st at 7 p.m. via scener.com. We are going to be um, finalizing uh, details and we'll be sending the link out so that you can get yourself all set up to sit down with Vince and Len who will have pretzel bites. Yes, yes, yes. As we watch together and laugh and laugh and laugh throughout Medea Goes to Jail. Here's a question, Len. You, you know, we, we watch this for the review, films for the review, and then when we do our actual episodes, like this is episode 250, I think. And, and today is and episode 250 yeah. two, right and these are actual episodes so we do our due diligence and we come at it open-eyed and sober right can we drink during a watch party yes <laughs> yes asking for a friend actually vince for this particular watch party i think <laughs> drinking is mandatory <laughs> so that we can make it through. Yes, because we're not going to be reviewing the film. Exactly. It's not because we're going to review it at later, right? You're right. We're going to review we're it on review. our regular Tuesday night. Right, right. So, so that'll 25th. be right, right. I'll take the notes and you know, I got exactly. that. Guys, she's kind of have it notebook and I write it down. Look, I got notes, Lynn. I took notes about <laughs> Joanna Mann. Oh, did you now? <laughs> I did. So, so you know, for the review. It'll actually be a review, but for the watch party, that's a little different. Yes, the watch party is different. We're gonna all have, right. We can. We're just gonna have fun. Okay. All right. So you didn't take copious notes for uh, Joanna Man. <laughs> you didn't write it down. You don't. You don't have. You don't have it when he called a uh, Tommy Davidson, and I believe I quote a Carolina River cricket. You didn't write that down. <laughs> you didn't write that down, Lynn. You didn't write that down? No. No. I I I uh I didn't I didn't I didn't want to really? um sully didn't write, write that my down. my personalized notebook. My third cool. note, my third note I wrote hey exclamation mark. It's Omar exclamation mark. That's my third note. It <laughs> should have been your first note because that is <laughs> that is oh Aaron Fry uh hitting us up in the chat and says, "Hey, wait a minute. Is that Sammy Davis Jr. on Batman behind Len?" Why, thank you, Aaron, Aaron Yes, it Fry. is. You see, that is Batman and Robin from the 1966 show uh, climbing up a building with Sammy Davis Jr. looking out the window. There you you want to fill people in on the context of that? 
how that 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 had become a thing. I, th- I thought maybe you'd want to fill people like that had become a thing on Batman. Batman was a pop culture phenomenon. So every every I don't know if it was every episode, but that was a thing where a celebrity would stick their head out the window. Yeah, it uh, it, and it, it, uh, it definitely became a big thing in the second season of of the show. They would vie to mm-hmm. be the celebrity that popped out of the, the window. Now, here's a question that you may or not be able to answer off the top of your head. How many black people did that cameo? Oh, Jesus. I would Besides not be... Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, I... I would not be surprised if Sammy Davis Jr. was the only black person. Me either. Me either. I was just wondering if you knew. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know the chronology. Would Flip Wilson have been famous? No, I don't to think do so. Not, not in the, the late 60s. In 66? Yeah. 67? Yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Maybe like probably near the end of, of the, like the 60s. He became a little popular. I don't think like right from the the jump. Here, there is actually a, a list, Vince. I, I I was I was just about to say I know there's a list of all the celebrities. You know there is. You know there is. Sammy Davis Jr. was the only black person. He was definitely the only okay. black person, and the only other person uh, of any other ethnicity was Don Ho. Oh, okay, interesting. So does that mean Don Ho, Bruce Lee, Sammy Davis Jr., and Eartha Kitt were the only minorities that were on Batman? Oh, well, Eartha Kitt, who appeared as uh, Catwoman in the Catwoman. the last, the third and final season of right. Batman. Wow. Probably like, and then in of a, course, like Bruce a speaking Lee. role. In a speaking role, right. probably. Right. Yeah. And of course, Bruce Lee played Cato, who was the mm-hmm. Green Hornet's partner in the mm-hmm. crossover. Yeah. That, yeah, that probably you're probably right. That probably is Don Ho, Cato, Eartha Kitt, Sammy Jaders Jr. in a cameo. That's it. Which is par for the course <laughs> for nineteen sixty-six. This has been Batman sixty-six talk with Lennon Vince. All right. Well, let's get into our review, Vince. Really? We, you don't want to talk some more about Batman 66? You don't want to talk about King Tut or Egghead or Cesar Romero refusing to shave his mustache? You don't want to talk about that at all? Hmm. Maybe we'll save it for a binge lounge, Vince. How about that? How about we schedule no, no, a no. binge lounge? No, no, we can just talk some more before the sh- before we start talking about Juanaman. You want to talk about the fact that Anne Harriet was a character they added for the show? Because the TV people thought that two bachelors living in a big old mansion mansion with a manservant Mm. was a little bit too. And I believe this directly from the studio notes. Gay? Yep. 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 That that actually was a thing. We got to talk about Joanna Man? To to be fair, the comic books did show Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson sharing a bed. Yes. So you don't want to talk about that? We we, got to talk about Joanna Man? Strangely, Vince, I am looking forward to talking about <laughs> Joanna Man. So, Sophia, Sophia knows, says, we want a binge lounge. <laughs> so do I, Sophia. <sighs> we're, That's I'm, all I'm going to say. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> By we, we mean 
hey, Vince, when are we going to do a binge lounge? Because I'm, you don't want me to tell him how many times you said no when I've asked about doing a binge lounge. You want to you want to see how the sausage is made? Wait, how many what's times, that? Vince? What's that? You're breaking up, Lynn. Should we go right into the review now? We should go into the review now. What was that? Let's get into our review of Joanna Man. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Until it turned into a nightmare. What's up, G? I just saw you on the television, man. That movie was the flyers. Do you take it off like this? I was like, oh. Jamal Jeffries is suspended indefinitely. Jamal, I'm leaving. What about all the good loving you was getting up in here? <laughs> I packed it. Nobody wants you. Not even the Clippers. And if he wants to play ball again, he's got only one option. To play as a woman. I'm here. Joanna Man. Joanna Man. Joanna Man. Joanna Man. Yes, Joanna Man. Whatever. No one's gonna believe you're a woman. You did. You kind of created me. You're my agent. You're Frankenstein. Somebody kill me! Man, hot dogs and hamburgers, man. <laughs> She's all that in a Hot Wheel track. Mm. Yo, you see that? I am puff, smoky smoke. You know what? You are one tall glass of water, and I'm telling you straight up, I'm thirsty. Now he's discovering. Oh my God, Lord, what are you doing? Taking a shower, aren't you? He's in a whole new league. Look at you. Got it at Victoria's Secret. Well, the secret's out. Michelle and I getting tight. You a man posing as a woman. She don't want you, she wants a girlfriend. What? You look so beautiful tonight. Decided on dinner. Uh, get me. Ah, ah, ah. Stymie that. Country got you crazy. Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Well, I got it going on. What can I say? Born with it. Vivica A. Fox. I'm not playing with her. And Tommy Davidson. A young lady wants a fillet to make naan and some strawberries and some scrimp cocktails. In a story that proves. I love you, Juana Man. Being a superstar is a total drag. Juana Man. Have a look here. I ain't giving you no little guy. Oh! Juana Man. 2002 American romantic comedy drama directed by Jesse Vaughn. I got to clear my glasses on that one. Uh, <laughs> the film stars Miguel Nunez Jr. as Jamal Jeffries, a basketball star, becoming a female impersonator and joining a women's basketball team after being banned from the UBA. Also starring Vivica A. Fox, Kevin Pollack, Kim Wayans, Genuine, and Tommy Davidson. Mm -hmm. This 2002 entry in Mother, May I Have Another One of Those Bad Black Movies, was Vincent's selection this yes, evening. Yes, it was. 
Yes, Vince, what have you to say of Joanna Man? Well, it's May. And in May, we watch terrible movies. And Joanna Man is a terrible movie. (laughs) This is a terrible movie from beginning to end. But as you, you mentioned, we've been doing this for a while now. And I think that we have watched different kinds of terrible movies. I think there are terrible movies because of, of budget constraints. And sometimes those budget constraints are reflected in the script, the acting, the final project uh, with the new barbarians, the $6,000 nigga, two Mm. examples. These are terrible films, but, a lot of it is budgetary. I think there are terrible films because it is so wrongheaded that it's actually a spectacular spectacle of terribleness. Right. My favorite would, of course, be Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. But then I think there are the films that are terrible because of the sheer aggressive laziness Mm. of what goes into the project. And those are the films that I think kind of anger me the most frankly like like i know we joke about me and mother may i and I, but but there are there really are films where it makes me angry that the lack of of real any attention is an effort it seems it seems because mm-hmm. you don't know how hard people actually work is just insulting to the audience and joanna man is a film that I was joking about my notes, but the very first thing I wrote looking at the credits was this is a pretty good cast. Yeah. And I was, because I haven't seen it before. I've never actually seen it. Like, it's a running joke. It's Joanna Man. But I've mentioned before, I, I, I I don't understand how you have a film with two of the original cast members of In Living Color is Tommy Davidson and Kim Wayans are both in this film. Miguel Nunez, who obviously is the lead and we'll be talking about throughout the evening, but I'll just shorthand it and say, I'm a fan of Miguel Nunez. Mm -hmm. Kevin Pollack, Jennifer Lewis. Oh yes. Forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Vivica A. Fox. And this is a film that is aggressively not funny. Like there is not, of a, a dick joke or a fart joke or 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 low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. joke yeah. that you can mm-hmm. think of that is not in this film and it it is it is it is terrible it is terrible i, th- I think the vast majority of what makes this film terrible is is the concept the concept is super lazy you mm-hmm. know it's a, it's it's dude in a dress which is is in my mind almost the laziest of comedy like like it's right there with fart jokes right dude in a dress like put a dude in a dress and then that's the joke and again, and again we're not talking about uh you you know some like it hot 
where right. that's part of the joke. We're not talking about even, I would argue, the nutty professor, where Eddie Murphy is in a dress, but he's in this dress, and, and the funniest part of him in the dress is, as we talked about, he's doing a mom's Mabley riff. Right. But he's also playing a character. He's not Right. It's an actual character. I would even argue... Even Medea doesn't end with dude in the with a, in a dress, right? Like I think there's a large part of dude in a dress that's built into the Medea stuff. But I think the harsh, even the harshest Tyler Perry criticism would say Tyler Perry is trying to do something besides dude in a dress, right? Right. This film puts Miguel Nunez in 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 you know figuratively a dress, and then that's the joke. Like, that's the whole thing. It's so lazy that it doesn't even make sense within the the, the constraints of the film. I have to say, I, I, like I said, I've never, I've never seen this before. I was under the impression that this was a case of his character either couldn't cut it in the NBA or, or somehow he never got famous. Almost a Tootsie type okay. approach. Right. Okay. Where he's yeah. an unknown and then he becomes known. But mm-hmm. the fact that the film comes on and you tell me that this man is one of the most famous NBA players on earth. Mm-hmm. So much so that people recognize him. And then you barely put a wig on him and some contacts. And not once does anyone say, does he look like this famous basketball player? Really just, it, it, it just snaps the credibility. The film goes on. Now he's the basketball player. Now he's with the women. And again, it unfolds exactly how you think it's going to unfold. He's he's an asshole when he's himself. Then he becomes a female player. Now he's going to learn the power of friendship in team play and learn a lesson by the end. And mm-hmm. then he's going to have this big turnaround. Right. But what you and assume... Get the girl. And get the girl. But what you assume is that, and as we all know, I'm not sporty at all. No. But even I know that once the jig is up, that means that this team is going to get disqualified. Right. Because there's a man on the team. Right. Nope, that's not going to happen. No. That doesn't happen. Uh, He gets the girl, but how does he get the girl? Because he sends her flowers. Yes. That's all I'm finished. I'm finished, folks. He sent her flowers. You know there's going to be a rousing speech at the end. You know what the rousing speech is? Vivica Fox sort of wanders into a room and says, hey, he embarrassed himself. We forgive him. You should forgive him too. And then the movie ends. That's very true. That's exactly what happens. This is really just a waste of talent. Mm. A waste of resources. Mm. A waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I, I I did laugh once. We can talk about the one time I laughed the okay. entire hour and a half as we go on. But but this was yeah this 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 was just I'm uh, I don't I don't even I can't even really land like I can't like I like to wrap it up some like like I like to have a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I just but I'm gonna do like this film. I'm gonna just peter off. And stopped talking. It, 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 it does kind of do that. Um, but allow me, Vince, to provide 
a a landing for you by way of friend of the show Omar Dorsey who famously <laughs> as we noted uh appears in the beginning uh of Joanna man um this being uh, one of his first roles I understand yeah um, yeah I think he it was, was still in school he was still in he was still in school I think he mentioned that he was 22 years old and he talked about this film particularly when he was visiting the Spotify podcast, Jamel Hill is Unbothered, which, side note, I love myself some Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill is just, just, just a cool-ass person that I would love to sit down and just, like, chopping up I, like she's like somebody i would love to just sit and like just bust up with some crab legs and just chill out with because she just seems so cool as hell here is omar dorsey on jamel hill is unbothered speaking of joanna man it was it was the man the director man like right. like for real like the movies that i mean it's a bad premise yeah, that's what I said. It's one of those where, like, bad. did y'all really think this was going to yeah. work? But, okay. but Miguel's a very talented dude, mm-hmm. so he kind of, you know, he could have got away with it a little bit. But man, the director was so—he's such a dick, and he was just—he's a bad director. I've worked with the greatest directors in the world. Right. Worked with Quentin and Ava and Spielberg. I worked with these people, and like this motherfucker's horrible. So there, Vince. There is Omar Dorsey on Joanna Man who seems to lay all the fault of the film at the hands of the director, Jesse Vaughn. And I will say that this is a film that is not well directed at all. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are times in this film where jokes are happening off camera mm-hmm. that people are re- reacting to, and I just want to be in on the joke. There are moments when you can literally see on people's faces when they have are saying to themselves, I've made some poor life decisions. <laughs> like it, 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 I was like, yo, like he is really, he's checked out. He is totally checked out of this, of this film. Um, and I thought that was uh, really telling about a film that you said aggressively lazy. I will say that it is a film that is poor in every way. The script is poor. The directing is poor. The cinematography is poor. As good as the cast is in name, mm-hmm. I think there are people that are pushing. Like I like I think Tommy Davidson, who is funny. Tommy Davidson is a funny cat. In 2002, he's probably near the end of the Tommy Davidson essence, if there ever was a thing. Mm-hmm. He may be actually in the midst of trying to recreate the the energy of Tommy Davidson, but he's pushing very hard in this movie. Yes. He's funny at times. He does get off some ve- some good lines, some moments where he cracks me up. There is a moment when Tommy Davidson um, as Puffy Smokey Smoke, Joanna Man. See, it's a play uh, on Puffy. Isn't that hilarious? Yes, it is. Isn't that hilarious? 
Vivica A. Fox's character as Michelle, Joanna Man's teammate, and the R&B singer Genuine <laughs> stretching himself to play the R&B singer Romeo. Uh, there's a scene where the four of them go to a restaurant for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. And there are moments in that scene where I honestly laughed out loud. Like, Did you really? Honestly, honestly. There's a moment where Tommy Davidson is looking at Joanna Man and he says, he's he's got like gold fronts that he cleans. You see him wiping his glow cold fronts. Right, right. Gold front jokes. Because he's a he rapper. Joanna Man. And he's and he looks at Joanna Man and says, Did it hurt? And she's like, What? When you fell from heaven, hallelujah, that's the word. I was, I cracked up. I'm sorry. The way his line read there, I cracked. And he said, watch the wings. I cracked up. I died laughing. I, 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 I laughed. I laughed out loud. Okay. On that scene. Uh, and there were a couple other scenes in that. In, there, were, there, there were moments where I did find myself laughing. I'm not going to lie. There were moments where I did find myself like, you know, I got to give it up. That was funny. Tommy Davidson makes me laugh. Every once, every 10 pages, Miguel Nunez got a line reading that was like, okay, I see what you did there. But for the most part, I watched this film sitting there feeling sorry for Miguel Nunez because as we mentioned, we are huge fans of him. And yeah. more often than not, where you see him, which admittedly is more often in a supporting role, he is there not stealing the film. And by not stealing the film, he's stealing the film. Because he it, 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 when he's asked to be funny, he's funny, you know, deceptively, subtly funny. And when he's asked to be dramatic... He's good at, in in those scenes as well. He can do both, and and I think that that not to cut you off, that's what frustrated me the most. We've seen him twice, yeah, now mm-hmm. on the show, and both times he's played characters that are flamboyant slash effeminate. He he played Little Richard in Why Do Fools Fall in Love, right, which he did very well, and then he plays the character in Life, right. Right. Where you're talking about being funny and serious and being able to oscillate between those tones, he does it amazingly well. Right. So right. it really is just a a, a waste. It, and it, it, is, it is a waste because, yes, as weak as the concept of Joanna Man is, and it, it is, it's, it, it's, a, it's a weak concept, but it is what it is. If you take the time and try to make something of it, he is a man who can dig into it. If you give him something to work with in the script, he can maybe pull something out of that. But I think that, and especially considering that this is, as far as I know, as far as I could see, his one shot you know, above the title, like, you know, he's right, the lead. Right, right, Yeah. You, know, you hate to see yeah. that opportunity squandered like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and wasted on such 
mediocre writing and directing. And in there, I think that is the biggest letdown of this film. Because like you said, the cast is on point. Vivica A. Fox, who I don't think they lean into her acting in this film at all. She's not asked to like, you know, carry the carried any real weight in this movie. She might as not um, have been there. It it might as well have just been a cardboard cutout. Exactly. Exactly. Um and that's a shame. That's a shame for her. Uh she is another woman who I think has uh talent that has not been utilized to its greatest ex- extent on camera. Um Genuine, Genuine's not even an actor, so I'm not even going to rag on Genuine. You know, and he, how Genuine getting this? Like, what are the steps that led to let's cast Genuine? Well, I mean, they needed a, a nice looking R and B guy. Genuine's a nice looking R and B guy. Um, and if I remember the chronology at the time, this would have been at the time when Genuine was dealing with some very severe label issues. So. He you was, got genuine knowledge. So he was looking for he was looking for checks. My boy Cliff, shout out to my best friend Cliff. One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. He does a dramatic reading of Pony. Man, if Cliff calls me right now and starts doing a dramatic reading of Pony, I'm gonna leave the podcast. <laughs> genuine the Pony dude. I know. Let's get the Pony dude. I'm not going to rag on him. I'm not ragging, but that's not random. I mean, that's random, right? Yeah. Like, it's random. In 2002, is it that random? You need a good-looking R&B guy? Let's call it Genuine. Well, who else you going to get? You can't afford a Juana man. You know, Usher's not coming through that door. Right, right, right. Tyrese is busy doing his stuff. Maybe if they landed Will Smith, who word is was their first choice for the film, Oh, was that their first choice? That's that's the word that I, <laughs> they I read. Get, they were going to get Will Smith? Yeah, Kevin Pollack. According to Kevin Pollack, he, when he signed on to the movie, Will Smith was attached. Will Smith was attached. We are going to get Will Smith in this. Somehow, Will Smith got unattached, and so did Kevin Pollack's interest in anything <laughs> but a paycheck. So, like, because Will Smith is, is sitting on his compound thinking about The Matrix and Joanna Man? Yes, what could have been. That's exactly what... <laughs> That's exactly what he's he's thinking about. That's exactly what he's thinking about. Um, so yeah, Kevin Pollack is sleepwalking through this film, uh, and he's an actor who I actually like. But he yes. definitely he definitely is on cruise control in this movie, and that's the fault of the the writing not challenging them and the direction not pushing them, and the premise being stupid. But the premise being what it is, nobody doing anything with it. Yes. Again. But he, but here, a, okay, but go here, ahead. Here's what I'm going to say, though. All right, go ahead. And I don't believe I'm saying this. This is a bad movie. I, I know there's no but coming. I don't think it's a terrible movie. Oh, you you know what, Lynn? <laughs> I don't think. I know we're not on the radio, but you about to make me really cuss. <laughs> because there is a moment, there's a thing in comedy where you do something, you get a big laugh, and then it goes on until it becomes uncomfortable, right? Right. And then in comedy, 
if you can keep it going, it will land on a laugh at the Again. end. Again. Yes. Right. And there's a moment when Miguel Nunez, back to the the restaurant scene, goes to the men's room. Yes. Yes. And stands at a urinal. He first kicks off his shoes to stand at a urinal. That, that was terrible. I laughed uncontrollably. That is That was terrible. And then the, the scene went on for about a good minute. And it got uncomfortable. And I'm like, when are they going to end this scene? Somebody leaves the urinal next to him. Somebody comes up to the other on the other side to a urinal. That continues on. They catch each other's eye. Miguel Nunez farts. Yes, because th- this is what that scene needed was a fart joke. And it landed on funny again. I'm sorry. You're insane. It was, You're actually insane. It was, it, it was scatological. It was lowbrow humor. But I cracked up. I, I also cracked I also cracked up in the scene when Miguel Nunez, playing as Joanna Man, realizes that, hey, as a basketball player on a woman's team, as I dish out assists to my to my teammates, I have now license to pat them on their ass. Yes, yes, butt patting. Yes. As one does in sports. You thought that was funny too? <laughs> I, yes, it was it was gratuitous after it it that definitely went on a little bit too long, but the mm-hmm. the concept of it Mm-hmm. <laughs> it cracked me. Mm-hmm. It you know what? You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> me you should feel shame. <laughs> I'm passing judgment on you. It did crack me up. I I found myself laughing at that. And I'm so, going to yeah, bring this up at some point. I'm going to say, oh, it's not as funny as Joanna Man? <laughs> I'm sorry. Those two scenes this was and some terrible. of the scenes with Tommy Davidson... I can't say this was a terrible movie. Now, the moment with Tommy Davidson at the end when you have the reveal and the camera is tight on Tommy Davidson's face as he realized Joanna Man is actually a man and he kind of goes through all the emotions (laughs) of Joanna Man being a man but then he realizes he still loves her and what does that say about me? Am I a man? That, that, That honestly made me laugh. Yeah, see? But it was a moment, to your point, that the script and the director trusted the actors. It actually stayed with Tommy Davidson and let him be Tommy Davidson. And that made me laugh. But the rest of this was, was terrible. You know another reason to kind of quietly root for this film? You are... <laughs> because this is one of the the last images of the real Lil' Kim. And there it is. I knew it was something. I knew it was something about... I said, what the hell is Lynn talking? Boy, you know what? What? 
My great grandmother used to say, if you let somebody talk long enough, they'll tell you their name. I knew it was more going on with you in this. I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, no, I knew Neil Long wasn't in this. Like, what in the world is he talking about? You, like, we had this same kind of dumbass conversation about Gang of Roses. Anything that is documentary proof of little Kim before her plastic surgery, Lynn is on board. I mean, it ain't really that bad. I mean, really? I mean, a man in a dress is kind of funny. If you really think about it. Because mans don't really wear dresses. So a man in a dress is kind of funny. And Lil' Kim is in it for three minutes. <laughs> she has a good joke in it. About. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. About she has their good sex back. Yes, <laughs> yes. I laughed. I laughed at that. I'm sorry. I did. I did. So it's a it's a bad film. I'm not saying it's not a bad film. It belongs in Mother May I. I'm just saying it's not it's not the terrible. It's not a terrible. This film. is worse than Soul Plane. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. But Soul Plane didn't have a little Kim in it. So you know what you gonna do? <laughs> Apparently, that's the secret sauce to Lynn. It's not the worst film we've seen. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not. It's not even close. Of the of the worst reasonably competently made films, because I'm gonna take New Barbarians out of there. Cause that's one and that's a that's a Right, right, right. Uh, New Barbarians uh, six million dollar international nigga. film. Hey, right, and in six million dollar nigga, they actually made it for I think four thousand dollars and four thousand. I think four dollars. Right, and, right. So so yeah, so of the competently made films, this is not the worst film we've seen. What right? is worse than Joanna Man? Pop quiz. I'll give you. I'll give you two. One, okay. which I will, which I will also say, probably doesn't count because I don't consider this competently made. However, the people that made it should know better, and that is Adios Amigos. Yeah, adi- uh, I'm not. You can't count Adios Amigos. Fair enough, fair enough, because Fred yeah. Williamson, you know, what you know, is he right, trying right. to go real stuff. But this is not worse than rapping. Interesting. Oh, that's a real clash of the titans right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, if you take Adios Amigos out of the running, then rapping to me is, is the this bottom. Worse than rapping. Wow. It's not Vince. Because rapping is it's, terrible. It's not. You gotta give it up, Vince. You gotta give it up. It's not as bad as rapping. You might be right. <laughs> I'm so angry that I wasted an hour and 32 minutes of my <laughs> life with this. Like speaking of Omar, I still have not started this season of Queen Sugar. We ain't watched the second episode of Pose from the other night. I ain't caught up with Invincible on Amazon, and I'm sitting here watching this dude throwing a fake titty at the window. Actually had to write fake titty in my notes. And it was a CGI titty, Vince. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes. Yes, a- I did. 
I think it was like uh, like uh, like George Lucas sound effects. <laughs> oh, this was terrible. This was terrible. It was, but it's no rapping. <laughs> and you're gonna take that as a win. You're gonna take that as a win. You got We're the Champions playing in the background. <laughs> but Vince, yes. Would you recommend? No. <laughs> no. 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 This movie is so bad because I lied. We've actually seen Miguel Nunez three times on this show because he plays Mo Bitches, the pimp who can't afford to get a perm in Black oh, Dynamite. That's right. This That's is the right. worst physical year he's had, and he don't know how long. That's fiscal, you stupid mama. <laughs> right. There were whole stretches of time when I was watching this where I thought about turning on Black Dynamite. So, no, I would not recommend Joanna Man. And yourself? I can what, only what, rec- Lynn? <laughs> I hate you so much for this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen where I'm going. I I can only recommend watching Joanna Man if you can watch it with like an Omar Dorsey commentary track because <laughs> you if you listen to like the whole episode of him with on Jamel Hill is unbothered oh he goes in like that 28 seconds was nothing Compared to how he goes in on this movie, um, so I would watch. I would watch it again if he was sitting right next to me while I was watching it. Otherwise, and, and enjoying an, a, a good drink. Um, otherwise, no. I, yeah, I can't. I can't recommend watching Joanna Man. I can't. It, and so it might be fun at a cookout, though. And so we are into May. <laughs> so we're into May. <laughs> so we're into May. And please. Let us be your judge, ladies and gentlemen. Don't watch <laughs> Joanna Man. Don't don't watch Joanna Man. But hey, it can only get better from here. We'll see. So there you go. So that's the bar. That's the bar for this month. This is the bar. <laughs> this is the bar. <laughs> well, let's see what film uh, takes it its uh, time at the podium to see whether or not it can clear the Joanna Man Bar next week, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do, we invite each and every one of you to hit us up. Follow follow us, the B Show Mission, on all the social medias, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, at Me Show Mission. And, and email us at Mission at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Go to MeshowMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs brought to you by way of our good friends at T Public. You can also go to MeshowMission.com, our website, and subscribe to the Michelle Mission Dispatch, our weekly newsletter telling you about all the good things that are coming up here on the in the world of the Michelle Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate curated podcast for your earbuds go to thepodglomerate.com ladies and gentlemen all right next week vince <laughs> it's my turn 
and we're still in May. I I've got a good one for you. I I, I searched near and far for a film that I have never seen, but I'm very interested in checking out. And it stars Brian Hooks, Faison Love, and another Michelle Mission uh, favorite, Imbouche Wright, or Imbouche yes. Wright. I'm in a film from 2000, written and directed by DJ Pooh, and they call it Three Strikes. You know what? Because DJ Pooh wrote, he wrote the script of Friday. Yes, he co-wrote Friday. And helped with the uh, character development, uh, co-writing it with uh, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. And he, he appears as Red in Friday. I bet this movie isn't that bad. You think so? I bet you one American dollar that this movie isn't that bad. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in party, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.